always liked the story of the Grinch. I grew up in uh, the Dr. Seuss era. I remember back in school when I was a kid, you know, in elementary school reading the Seuss books. And then, you know, I've, at my age, I've kind of run the whole gamut from the little readers in school to the Jim Carrey movie. But we, we love the story because it's the idea of complete transformation. I mean, here's a, a person that's just repugnant, and then we see him transform and become something wonderful. And the reason we like that story is I think deep down inside, we all want to believe that that's possible for us. But I don't know about you, what I discover in my life is that I kind of toggle back and forth between the Grinch at the beginning of the story and the Grinch at the end of the story. You catch me on a good day, you know, and I'm, I'm smiling and I'm happy and I'm long-suffering, I'm getting along with everybody, but then you catch me on the wrong day and you might be surprised to see your pastor behave that way. I don't know, I'm just taking the halo off, it's Christmas Eve, but I think it's just good for us to stop and say, isn't it true that inside of us lives two people? I mean, one, one person is really a good person, and the other person, we just don't want that person to be open for public consumption. You know, um, I, I struggle sometimes with, with one set of intentions, wanting to do something good, but then there's often a side of me that defeats those good intentions. It's almost time for the new year, and I have the same New Year's resolution every year. I've got it this year for 07. I want to lose weight. That's always on my list. I make that resolution. You don't have to raise your hand, but does anybody else have that resolution this year? I mean, it's sort of the American dream, right? We talk about the American dream. The American dream is losing weight or cleaning out a room or something. I mean, that's just what we want to do. We want to lose weight. I, I can, I, but I've started 30 new diets in my lifetime, and I probably lost 5,000 pounds over my life. But that'll be on my list. I want to lose weight. And, uh, you know, for a while, I'll, I'll, I'll be pretty good. But the problem is I just have this side of me that works against my own good intentions. I want to lose weight. I know it's good for me. I want to look good in my clothes. You know, I, I want to live longer. And doctors say that, you know, if your weight was within normal guidelines or right guidelines, that you just have all kinds of good things that can happen in your life. I want to lose weight. But it's also me. It's the person inside of me that sabotages that. I, I'm kind of like the guy that was over here on Rock and Central the other day. He passed Krispy Kreme, and he got real religious. He did. He was saying, Lord, I don't know whether you want me to have a Krispy Kreme donut or not. He was really probably praying about a whole dozen, you know. But he was saying, I, I, the light's on, and, and I don't know if you want me to have a donut or not, but here's the deal, Lord. If, when I'm going around Krispy Kreme, if there's an open parking place, I'll know it's your will for me to have a Krispy Kreme donut. And sure enough, on the 13th time around... There's an empty parking place. Now that's me. So it's a true story. Absolutely true. A few years ago, I decided I was going to go, I was going to lose weight, and, and I just got up my courage, and I said, it's time for me to just, you know, employ some stronger strategy than trying to cut calories. I decided to join, this is no, this is no you know, I'm not affirming this organization or anything. It just happened to be Weight Watchers. I decided I was going to go to Weight Watchers over here in Andover. And uh, it was like one of the first, days after the new year, I think, and, and I went over there, and I, I soon discovered that a lot of other people had gotten a hold of my list of New Year's resolutions, because they were joining up too. There was this long line, so I immediately realized I was going to have to stand there in line at Weight Watchers to join, and the thing, guys, that probably you can appreciate, most of the people there were female. And I realized I was one of the few men standing in that line. But I wanted to lose weight so badly. I stood there in that line. And then when I got to the front of the line, I promise you, if you've never been there, this is the truth. 
they weigh you in front of God and the whole free world right there at Weight Watchers, they weigh you. And you know, they're, they're, you know, and you just hope they don't mark it and say, wow, you know. But they, I went through all that, got my little book, got the diet, went home. And I, I hate to tell you this, but within three or four weeks, although I wanted to lose weight, I sabotaged the diet. Why, why are there two people living inside of us? You know, there have been a couple of stories that have, that have hit the news recently that you've probably been at least partially aware of or maybe fully aware of. But uh, Michael Richards, remember him, Guy Kramer with the hair on, on Seinfeld? Michael Richards was, was in a comedy club. He was doing his act, and he lost it. And there were some people heckling him, and he began to scream out you know, racial slurs at, at the audience, and it was just frightening to listen to somebody who was so big in public life do something so foolish. Michael Vick, who was the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, is, is having a rough season this year, to say the least. And he was playing in Atlanta the other day in front of his home crowd, and as he was leaving the stadium after, after not having a particularly good game and his own fans yelling at him, he turned and not once but twice made obscene gestures at his own fans. Now that, that it happens is not so much a surprise to us, but what, what I picked up on was what the guy said about what they did after they did it. Now here's what I want you to listen to. Here's what Michael Richards, here's what Kramer said after, after screaming those racial epithets at the, at the crowd. He said, I was at a comedy club trying to do my act, and I got heckled, and I took it badly and went into a rage. For me to be in a comedy club and flip out and say this, I'm deeply, deeply sorry. I'm not a racist. That's what's so insane about this. And Kramer said, I don't know where that came from. That's not me. Michael Vick said this. He said, it was very inappropriate. I was down, upset, frustrated. I just do one thing I've never done through all the games I've ever lost, no matter how frustrated I've been after a game. I don't know where it came from, but the people who know me know that's not me and that's not my character, but it was him. Now, you know, we get on both Michael Richards and Michael Vick and all the other high-profile people in public life who disgrace themselves by doing things that they shouldn't do. And then, you know, we get into this, you know, it hits cable news and people begin to talk and the talking heads say, well, I don't know, I can't believe he's this, he's a racist, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a crazy man, he's, he's a crazy woman, she's a wild person. Well, call me naive, but I think there's probably a measure of truth when those people say, that's not me. Or at least what they're trying to say is, there's a part of me that I don't understand. I don't know why I'm two people. You know, if we have issues like that and if that's how we feel, we ought to take some comfort from another great person who lived. You know, you're in church today, and, and, and you're not surprised by my using the name St. Paul. St. Paul was one of the most famous men who ever lived. He was a follower of Jesus. He took the gospel all over the world. God used him to write 13 books out of the New Testament. But here's what Paul said about his own life, Romans 7. He said, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Can you imagine a great man like Paul saying that? He's saying, I, I don't do the things that I want to do. Three verses later, he said, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Sounds like Dr. Seuss. But Paul is saying, there's a side of me I don't understand. Like Michael Richards, like Michael Vick. Here is even the Apostle Paul saying, I don't understand who I am. There's a part of me that I cannot figure out. He would then say in verse 21 of the same chapter, I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Wow. 
I mean, on this Christmas Eve, halos unscrewed, open with each other. Isn't it true there's a side of us that we don't like very much? And it just seems to bubble up at Christmas. I don't know if it's the holidays or maybe getting together with loved ones and friends or whatever, but there's a part of us that comes out and, and it's like the holidays go with guilt. I don't know exactly why that's true, but it's like holidays and guilt. And oftentimes I think it's that we've come to the end of the year and that part of us that we don't like has shown up again and again and again. Well, we want to do something about that here at Messiah in 2007. And I want you to know that you're here for the very first week of a brand new teaching series. And the series is called Free to Be Me. And tonight, this is the first message. Why am I two people? Next weekend, we go to a message called The Dark Side, understanding what that part of us is that we don't like very much and why it behaves as it does and what we can do about it. And then I know this next title is huge, but I promise you the message will live up to its billing. It is called Guilt-Free Living. If you ever thought about living guilt-free, two weeks from this weekend, we're going to talk about living guilt-free. God's there to help you throughout your life. That's why the next message is called Life Coach. And then finally, Free at Last, the last message in the series about how God underwrites you and guarantees that you can live a successful life. But as I get close to the end of this message this, this evening, I know that I may be talking to some of you that I might not see again for the rest of the series. And you may say, Mark, I got Christmas bearing down on me tomorrow. I got guilt all over me, and I'm just really wrestling, and I don't know how to live my life, and, and I'm struggling with some stuff that's going on right now. And it was a stretch for me, and maybe I'm talking to you, it was a stretch for me to, to go to church this evening. Because it's like every time I get close to church or God or religion, I just start feeling guilty. Well, let me just say this to you to help you. And this will just be what we'll be talking about the next few weeks, but I just want to get you started thinking. I want you to know this. God does not want you to experience guilt. Many of us come from a background of guilt religion. That's not of God. That's of man. Actually, it comes from lower than that. But religion produces guilt. God does not want you to experience guilt. Here's the reason why. If I offend you, and if I know you're offended at me, and I've done something really bad, and I feel guilty when I'm around you, what am I going to do? I'm going to avoid you. Because if being around you makes me feel bad, I don't want to be around you. That's why many people don't want to have anything to do with God. Because they, they think that God is all about religion, and every time they get close to religion, they start feeling guilty, so they see God coming, and they think, oh, I don't want to go to church. Ceiling will fall in on me. That's the last thing God wants. In fact, the very first thing that God does, according to God's word, the very first thing that he does is he takes all your guilt away so that you can be free to live in a relationship with him. See, if I want to have a relationship with you, I must forgive you so that you and I can live in a relationship that is free of guilt. And that's exactly what God wants you to do. Now, he wants you to be honest. I mean, if you, the things that you've done that are wrong, he wants you to own up to them. Not for his benefit, but for your benefit. Because until we get honest about what's going on in our lives, we really can't get help. But see, it's not guilt. God just wants us to feel what's wrong so that we'll bring it to him and he can do something about it. 2,000 years ago, that's why Jesus was born into our world. He came into our world to take care of all that stuff about us that we don't like. That's why he lived a perfect life, lay down on a Roman cross, and for six hours he hung there and died as a payment for your sins. That's what the Bible says, so that God could come to you and say, hey, I want to take care of your guilt. I want to take it away from you. This silly story, and I'm through. When I was 10 or 11 years old, my parents bought this suit for me. 
I, and, and you just had to be there. If you, if you weren't in the late 60s, you just had to be there. So for those of you, maybe you've like, you know, seen archives of stuff, or maybe you're into you know, vintage recordings. But if, you could, if you've ever seen the suits like the Beatles wore, or Herman's Hermits, or whatever, you know, it was like, it was like this copper-colored, orangey, shiny suit, stovepipe legs, real narrow little lapels and stuff. But it was just, it was really a shiny little thing. And my mom and dad loved it. And they wanted me to wear it all the time. And so I remember I was at some kind of function, I don't know if it was a reunion or church or whatever, but I, I remember having this huge plate of apple pie in my lap, and, you know, clumsy kid, I spilled it in my lap, and it just ruined the suit. I mean, it was awful. And I knew I'd ruined the suit. And so I also knew that my parents were going to ask me to wear it again, so what I did was I took it to my closet, and I, I just wadded it up and stuffed it under some stuff that was made it invisible when you opened my closet door, and I just ignored it. I thought, well, I'm not going to think about it. Well, time passed, maybe a month or two, three, and Dad said, hey, where's the suit? I want you to wear the suit. And I'm saying, you know what? When I open my closet, I don't see it. You ever kind of tell the truth but not tell the truth? I mean, it is true when I open my closet, I didn't see it. I ignored it. It was out of sight, out of mind. I just, and I, don't, I just kept coming up with excuses and stories, and they got more and more bizarre until finally I remember going to my closet and pulling out that crumpled mess, now wadded up, now I've been there for months, almost a year, I think, and I remember thinking, i got to go tell Dad what happened. So I take the suit to Dad and say, Dad, i got to be honest with you. I ruined the suit. I can never wear it again. It's ruined. Now, you should understand, being 10 and 11 years old, I didn't even know about dry cleaners. I remember to this day, Dad taking that suit and saying, looking at it and saying, well, son, that's no problem. That's no problem for me. You just take it to the cleaners. And you know the rest of the story. When I got it back, it was perfectly cleaned and pressed. And I wore it for a long time after that. The reason I tell you that silly story is this. All of us know we have stuff in our lives that separate us from God. Things that we've done, things we wish we'd done, should have done, could have done, might have done, did and we shouldn't have done. And if we're not careful, you know what we'll do? We'll hide those and we'll say, well, it didn't happen, it doesn't exist. And when I open my closet, I don't see it. And we'll make up all kinds of excuses and reasons why we can't get close to God. When in reality, what God wants from you and from me is for us to bring our mess to him so that he can say, that's not a problem for me. Jesus came into our world so that your sin would not be a problem for God.